Hello, nerds. Curtis here from the Nerds in Love podcast. Before our episode starts, I want to mention our sponsor today, Adam and Eve. They are the internet's best place for sexy toys and lingerie. Is that ever in dispute? Now, here's the thing. You know, we don't want you going to a creepy store. You go to the creepy store, you got to go in there. People are looking at you like, why is this guy in here? Why is this girl in here? It's kind of awkward, right? Don't get that with Adam and Eve. They ship the item right to your door. Uh, here's the other thing, too. It's super cheap because when you go to Adam and Eve and you get your sex swing or your lingerie or whatever you may want, here's the thing. After you spend $59, you get free shipping. After you spend $17, you get a free gift. That's pretty awesome. And then here's the thing. That first item you put in your cart, when you enter the doors to check out, you get 25% off that. That's incredible. That's awesome value. And it gets you things that you're going to use in your sexy times with whoever your significant other or fling of the week is. So remember, guys, go to adamandeve.com today. Check them out. Buy something cool. And get sexy. She won't get married because she's never been in love. Andy's really hot. And don't get me wrong. You're cute, too. But Andy is like cut from Marvel. He's gorgeous. He's like this beautiful face and this incredible body, and I genuinely don't care that he's kind of lame. For a lot of people, love isn't just a slogan. And if he hits you again, you tell me. I'd be forced to knock his teeth out. I don't think that would be such a good idea. He's big. I'm sorry. It's written into my character to do it, so I do it. What do you mean love? You mean a big lightning bolt to the heart where you can't eat and you can't work and you just run off and get married and make babies wait 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 don't leave don't leave please i could use your help take this quarter go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face good day to you madam have you been single for far too long are you out of touch with the dating game regardless of your plight we're here to help Put your hands together for the crew of the Nerds in Love podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nerds in Love podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Kim and Hello. the birthday girl, Steph. How's it going? Steph? Hi. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. It's your birthday today, so happy it birthday. It is. Thank okay. you. Happy birthday, Steph. I'm sure Thank the you. listeners are all shouting at their iPods right now or screen saying happy birthday too. So I feel like I, I can hear it psychically. <laughs> all the cheering. Um, Steph, I, 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 you know, you, technically your title is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. And uh, as a friendly reminder, if people want to check out your work, they can do so at stephaniesarkis.com. Uh, also, as a friendly reminder, before we hop into the emails, that uh, this is not a true uh, substitute for professional uh, mental health and that if you're in crisis you should seek professional help uh with that said we're going to do our best to help you out here so first emails from taylor nerds i'm 19 male i recently have begun a relationship with another guy i've known i was gay since i was 12 but not but only now am I finally acting on these feelings in a substantial way as this is my first real relationship. I'm very anxious about all of this. How do I present this to my parents? His parents know already and I'm going through the hundreds of variable scenarios where my parents find out. I know uh, coming out to them will be hard, but any advice for how to do it, do you think it's the best thing for me to do? Taylor. Wow. I, I First I want to say Taylor, that's wonderful. Good for you that you're being true to yourself. Um, your parents may already know, 
uh, it's possible. Sometimes I know that uh, as the coming out is it's like the worst kept secret because everybody knew already. Um, but uh, I think that the way they react really has nothing to do with you because you're doing what's best for you, which is you know pursuing uh, relationships that you know fit what you need. So um, you know it sounds like variable scenarios. So it doesn't sound like your parents automatically you think that they're going to be upset. It sounds like one of the options is they could be very accepting, and so I would just kind of go along that route. Uh, that they're probably going to be accepting. Uh, but I just want to say good for you that you're being true to yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it is good for you that you're being true to yourself. And I, I would agree that it is nice to be able to give your their parents a chance to surprise you with an accepting reaction. I think that would be really nice. However, if you feel like you're going to be in danger in some way, or if your, lively if your livelihood or your well-being is going to be jeopardized somehow by coming out to your parents, it might slow down and try and, like, plan for worst-case scenarios in that way. Um, a lot of youth who are homeless are homeless because they're LGBTQ+. They are made homeless because their parents reject them or don't accept them. I'm not telling you this to scare you. I'm just saying that this is something that can happen to people, and if you think that this is something that's going to happen to you, it's wise to be prepared for that. If you think that the worst case scenario is just your parents having kind of like a strong emotional reaction, then I think it's wise to just plan ahead for that and understand that big news takes time for different people to absorb and different people absorb it in different ways. And what you're doing is a kind and courageous act to come out and live the way that you are and just like be yourself. Um, a pretty cool resource for doing things like this might be Dan Savage. Um, I did a quick Google search, Dan Savage on coming out, and the first thing that came up was this three and a half minute YouTube video. Um, Dan Savage, for those of you who don't know about him, he's kind of a, a sex educator, sex advice columnist, uh, slight sexual slash political pundit. Um, but he's the co-founder of the It Gets Better Project, which is for kids who are struggling with their sexual identity and not being accepted by others and like being bullied or being rejected by their parents. Um, and he has a, a lot of stuff to say on the subject of coming out. So you might want to look up things that he has to say. Um, Dan Savage is, does, so he might have um, a story that would resonate for you. And I'd also add, uh, Taylor, that there's no right or wrong way to present this to your parents. I think whatever you say to them is okay. Um, mm -hmm. I think that sometimes we get hung up on not not just coming out, but other stuff too. We get hung up on, you know, how am I going to do this and what's the reaction going to be? And I, I would say just, just speak from your heart. Uh, tell them that this is something that, that you've wrestled with for a while and this is who you are. And, uh, and you know, we have two kind of ends of the spectrum. I'm, I'm the, you know, little Miss Sunshine part. <laughs> Your parents are going to be, you know, probably happy about it. And they probably know. And then we've got Kim's side, which is probably the more realistic side. Um, so, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is it sounds like the biggest issue is that you really don't know how your parents are going to react. And that's totally understandable. And I kind of embrace that anxiety and just understand that that's completely normal to feel that way. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. There's nothing that we can tell you, and I think that we've told many different people this advice in different contexts, like there's no, there's no set of magic words that we can tell you to say that are going to guarantee you a certain kind of reaction. Um, so just bearing that in mind, like however you choose to put it out is the right way to put it out. You are doing a kind of brave thing. Yeah. I would just say, I kind of reiterate what Kim says, you know, like maybe not like, you know, expect the worst, but maybe just kind of think of the different 
ways that that conversation can go i just think that would probably be a good healthy way of approaching it you know like you know i imagine possibly that they might be shocked maybe they might deny it maybe they might feel guilty like you want to kind of prepare for these different kind of things i think the worst possible situation would be if you go in expecting that they're going to be totally accepting and you know if they're not then you're kind of left with this very awkward situation potentially even more so uh with further implications for your life so i think coming in prepared for all the different ways that they might kind of take that information would probably be a good healthy way of doing it um but yeah at the end of the day you know this is your kind of this is you this is all on you you don't you should probably focus more so on yourself and how you feel rather than necessarily concerning yourself too much about how they feel um but i think maybe preparing yourself wouldn't be a bad idea at all and Taylor, you can prepare yourself by you know asking your partner what it was like mm -hmm. for him to come out. Also, you can do role plays where um, where he's your parents and you're yourself, and you kind of act out, um, and then yeah. you switch roles so that your partner's you and you're your parents. So you can go through those worst case scenarios and and kind of work out how you would react in those cases. I find role plays to be very helpful for clients. Yeah, and. Uh... Like a couple of years ago, a friend of mine was coming out and he actually had a huge party that he invited like a whole bunch of friends and family to. And oh. you know, he, he made a huge thing out of it. And it was a, it was a lot of fun. And I know, you know, I was helping him get ready for the party. And I remember like before he was just like, oh, my gosh, I, I don't know how they're going to take this. And um, he was actually the one that kind of told me he's like, I've kind of prepared for the different ways they might take it. So that's kind of where I'm kind of pulling that from. But uh, funny enough, when they arrived, you know, he kind of, you know, everyone knew. And then he kind of took them aside and told them a little bit more intimately. And I guess, you know, everything went well. So, um, but I guess preparing is probably not the, the worst thing to do. You can be pre prepared, but optimistic. I would, exactly. I would go that route. Yeah, exactly. I don't think you mm -hmm. want to go in expecting that they're going to, you know, close the door entirely on you so to speak but it, you know it's good to maybe be prepared you never know um all right Steph, did you want to read thomas's email sure so thomas says nerds i'm entering the dating pool for the first time i'm looking around my local school campus for attractive ladies but i'm also on online dating as well as just meeting people at parties bars etc my question is what's a good age range for dating i'm not too sure what a good age range is to stay within I know this is pretty subjective, but I'm a bit confused. If a 60 year old woman approaches me, do I reciprocate? So confused, Thomas. So Thomas, I, I think as long as you stay over 18, you're good. Um, there's an excellent movie called Harold and Maude, which is about a woman in her 60s. I think she's actually older than that. And the, um, and the man's in his 20s. Uh, and that's kind of a, a unique love story. So um, age really doesn't have a number. I think I mentioned before, my ex-husband's 20 years older than me and, and uh, we separated not because of age differences, but just to kind of rant's course. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's no real good age range. I think it's, you know, if you have shared values, shared interests, um, shared sense of humor, I think those are the things that, that matter, not so much your age range. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that least just when you say like entering the dating pool for the first time and maybe just doing some casual dating, the age range that you should be going for is the age range 18 and up that you're attracted to. And if you are attracted to a 60 year old lady who approaches you, there's nothing wrong with reciprocating her attractions if you do so. Mm -hmm. um, I agree that when you're looking for a serious partner, the, the values, like the life values and the things that you have in common and like just your general compatibility are really important. For the real long term, I think it's important to consider your 
kind of like your life trajectories and the sort of things that you wish to con wish to still accomplish. Like if you want to have your own biological children and that's really important to you, you might have a fundamental incompatibility with a lady who is done having children. Um, so those are the things I would keep in mind for like the real long term for the evaluating each other as life partners. But when you're just starting to date and you're just kind of exploring what it's like to be attracted to somebody and act on your attractions and go on dates and um, sleep with people and stuff like that, if that's what you're into, then by all means, choose who you're attracted to. And I also say too that uh, fertility technology is amazing. So just because you're dating somebody in their 40s or 50s doesn't necessarily mean you aren't going to have some type of biological child. Um, so there are many options for that. And I know Thomas, you're just like I'm just starting to date. <laughs> so so yeah, I don't yeah. think you think that far ahead. But you know, again, you know, if you're attracted to somebody, you think it might work, and you have interests in common, why not? It's worth a date. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with Kim that. You know, I think it does come down to more so, uh, you know, what your values you share are rather than what the age is. Um, I don't really think necessarily age is the best indicator for what you're looking for. I think really it comes down to, you know, do you share the same values? Do you, you know, do you share the same activities? You know, if, if there's a, if you're somebody who's more of a homebody and, you know, you just find that typically, you know, if you go for someone older, they might tend to be, and not to say this is always the case, tend to maybe stay in a bit more or something like that. So you really got to kind of look more so for values, I think, than actual age. Now, if he's asking about what age range you put on his dating profile, um, that could be something that, you know, you just, just intuition, you just write down exactly what you think, you know, you don't really need to think ahead. Um, you know, what age range have you been dating? Um, you know, mm -hmm. look at that maybe as your age range you put in your profile. So if yeah. that's or, if that's more the question, to? right? Who are you attracted, are you attracted to? Attracted yeah, to? yeah. Um, that's I think that's a if you haven't dated anyone at all and you want to put something on your profile, then just think about oh, these are the people that I tend to give a second look at on the street. How old do I think those people are? Well, I'll put in those age ranges and see what it's like. And your peer group, the people you hang out with, what age are they? And look at that age range and maybe put that down. Yeah. But just just know that the wider age range you give, also the more options you have as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with keeping like an open age range and seeing, you know, who approaches you. You know, maybe you, you kind of talk to them and eventually arrive at a, you know, judgment that, you know, maybe it's not going to work. But, you know, might be good to keep all your options open, at least to kind of find a little bit more. All right. Um, Kim, did you want to read uh, Patrick's email? Nerds, I've been on five dates with this girl from OkCupid. We're getting along going well. She's leaving for a work conference in a few weeks, and I'm thinking of texting her every morning to say, her he to say hello and wish her a good morning. Is this too much? I don't want to overwhelm her. Patrick. Um, well, if you have a few weeks ahead of you, maybe you could ask her. Just say, hey, would it be okay if I text you good morning? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that, you know, we're not the ones who can possibly evaluate if this is too much. It's kind of between you and her. Everybody has a different level of comfort with how much texting they do. And so, uh, yeah, just ask her. Or you could text her good morning a couple times in a row and see if she's, if she reciprocates or if she just like leaves you on red or whatever it is. Um, but if you have time ahead of time to figure this out, I think it would be fine to just ask her. Say, yeah. hey, I'll be thinking of you a lot. I'd like to text you good morning. Exactly. Honesty and communication. We keep coming back to that every podcast. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. 
And I would say also too, Patrick, if you're asking us if it's too much, you may be already thinking it might be too much. So I would listen to that intuition. Uh, and, um, you know, if you're in already a committed relationship, it's probably not a big deal to text her every morning, but you've been on five dates with her. So part of it is what, what stage you are in the relationship. So again, like Kim said, you know, just ask her, say, Hey, I'd like to check in with you. Now also look at why you're doing it. Is it because you are missing her? That's one thing. But also if, if, if you're feeling insecure because she's going away at a conference, then that's something else. So I'd really kind of look at, at why you're feeling that way. And if it's just because you just want to keep in touch with her and you miss her, that's great. Um, if it's something to do with that you're afraid that she's going to cheat or you don't know if you have a serious relationship or not, you know, I'd really listen to that and look at what the basis is for you wanting to do that. And again, mm -hmm. just ask her. Also too, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with just, you know, also putting in there just like, hey, I know you're busy. Don't feel pressured to have to text me back or anything. Just wanted to wish you a good morning or something like that, right? Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> sometimes depending on the tone of the message, it may seem like you want to initiate conversation right away. So maybe just letting that person know like, hey, I know you're busy. You can get back to me whenever you can. It can go a long way to just letting that person know like, hey, you know, you've said your hello. You know, I know you're busy. You don't worry about getting back to me right away. That can mean a lot. Uh, but also too, I think, yeah, communicating beforehand um, wouldn't be a bad idea either. Just chatting before you do, you know, they go away just to see what they're comfortable with. And maybe throwing a cute picture of your dog or something, you know, to keep it light, you know, yeah. to like, not to be like, good morning, we, let's chat later. You know, like you said, just yeah. say, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, no need to text mm -hmm. me back. Just thinking of you. Yeah. Because I know then sometimes send, people... Then send a picture of your dog. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, people will text me and they'll say, hey, you know, don't feel like you have to get back to me right away. Get back to me whenever you have time. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know... Most times I'll get back to them, you know, pretty much right away. But, you know, if I'm busy or something else is going on, like that can that can mean a lot, you know, like to say, oh, well, I'm not busy or I am busy and I just don't have the time right now. You know, it can go a long way. So uh, I think that would be a good kind of counter to, you know, the concern that maybe, you know, might overwhelm her just saying, hey, don't feel like you have to get back to me right away. I just think Patrick's like, she's telling me to text a picture of my dog and I don't have a dog. What am I supposed to do with this information? Any, any kind of, anything just to keep it light. You know, you yeah. don't have to have a dog. You know, we gifts, go whatever. To, uh, PetSmart to start taking pictures of dogs at PetSmart or something. I don't know. You know. <laughs> Maybe look into a rescue pup. So you Patrick, you want this whole new avenue of life. That'd be great. Yeah, exactly. We're just opening uh, Patrick's eyes to uh, yeah. things. Yeah. Christine says, nerds, a guy recently asked me on a date, and from what I've seen on his online dating account and social media, he seems level-headed and overall a great fit. My issue stems from the fact that he's invited me on a date for pasta. I love pasta, but I'm worried that I'll cause a mess. Am I overthinking this? Should I just relax and enjoy some pasta? Christine. Yes, relax and enjoy the pasta. If you like <laughs> pasta, why not? There are ways you can eat pasta they're not messy um i love food and so i tend to have food left somewhere on me after dinner so i you know i my, my manners but still you know if you really like food pasta it gets messy so and you may have already heard the kind of adage you know don't order spaghetti on a first date but i looked on youtube and there's a guy that has videos about eating difficult foods and he has an entire video on how to eat spaghetti properly which is using a knife or, or a fork and a spoon and you twirl the the you take a little bit of pasta not a whole chunk of it, a little bit of spaghetti and you twirl the uh, fork onto the spoon. And that's how I eat it. Eat it. It's uh, much easier to do. But you could get like ziti. You could get chicken marsala. 
Um, I'll give you a whole range of foods. You know, contact me through my website, and I'll give you a bunch of foods you can eat that are low messiness. Um, so, you know, he's not going to care if you get a little messy. That's fine. Um, if yeah. he really likes you, it doesn't matter. And the thing is, you like pasta, he likes pasta, so this sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fun. If you want to watch some videos on eating pasta more successfully or less messily, like, by all means, prepare for it. Um, my go-to when I'm eating pasta out and about is I do try to avoid long pasta just because I feel like like the the ends of long pasta kind of flip sauce every so often um yeah and i i get right. fussy about my clothes and like having sauce on my clothes and stuff like that and so i get um i prefer to get short pasta when i'm eating out but you know you do you this is this is a date if um you don't want to like eat with just your face or like eat pasta with your hands or something like that but if you can't handle a little sauce flipping if he can't handle a little sauce flipping mm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, chicken marsala is one of my favorites too. That usually gets served with some short pasta, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It depends on the pasta. Yeah. And you can change up the order too. If you, if it comes with linguine, you ask for ziti or ask for penne pasta or, you know, something that isn't sauce flippy. And that probably should be the name of this podcast, Curtis. Sauce, sauce flipping. Flip. Yeah. Sauce flipping. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great episode title. Yeah. Um, also too, I'll add in that I'm also kind of self-conscious about the whole spaghetti thing. So I my go to in that situation is to order stuffed pasta like tortellini or ravioli mm -hmm. because mm. that's a little bit easier to eat and you know you don't get some all over your face kind of deal. So that's another thing to keep in mind too is if you're not too sure just go for a stuffed pasta and they're also depending on where you get it from it can also be really delicious as well. So I I feel like we need to have this offshoot podcast where you talk about what people should eat on dates. <laughs> I would no win, chicken wings, that. yes to tortellini. Yeah. <laughs> And here's where you go, depending on your city. Yeah. I used mm -hmm. to say for a long time that I would never eat chicken wings unless I was already married, like in front of somebody, just because I was so weird about how I ate them. Um, but now I eat them all the time in front of whoever. Yeah. But that's a, that's just, a really good kind of line in the sand. Like, I feel comfortable enough with you to eat chicken wings in front of you. Yeah, that's a really good. I think that's a good marker. Of, of, I mean, I love food. So that's a really good marker of, you know, this is I feel comfortable with you. You know, and after a while, you don't care if you get a little sauce on you. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I just got Kim. You're you. You said you're fussy about your clothes, but yeah, you know, I if I'm with somebody I care about, I don't really care. I'll just like put a, a napkin up a little bit higher and just like go for it. You know, so I mean, I think the most important thing is that you're enjoying yourself on the date and. Um, you know, if you're thinking about, I'm going to get pasta on myself, I'm going to get pasta or sauce on myself. That's usually what happens. So again, I, I think in a positive way and just say, Hey, this is going to be a great time. He likes pasta. I like pasta. And that's something that you can build a very healthy relationship upon. So have a good time with your pasta and your date. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you can also pack a Tide to go pen if you're really worried about it. Yeah. And they have wipes too. Yep. Yeah. And, and don't wear white. That's the other thing. Don't wear a white shirt. <laughs> Or if you wear white, get Alfredo. Ah, oh. see, this is this is stealth. This is stealth dating advice. <laughs> Sponsored. Yeah. This episode brought to you by Olive Garden. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, I feel like we have to counter that with like like a really nice Italian place now. <laughs> oh, there is an excellent restaurant. Oh, you get free breadsticks? 
Oh no. What? And you're not sharing? Come on. Sure. Nerds, recently I've invited on dates where the guy does not offer to pay for the meal or drinks. I've been put off by this and I've always been raised that if you invite someone on a date, you pay. Similarly, if I invite someone on a date, as I initiated, I should pay. I'm starting to doubt if this is the right course of action or if I should lax on this a bit. Thoughts? Beverly, I'm from the school of if someone asks you out for a first date, they pay. Um, just like you said, if you ask somebody out, you pay. Um, maybe later on, if you go on a few more dates, you guys could um, split it or you pay for it. Uh, but the first day, if someone's paying for you, that's just that's just where I come from. Is that if he doesn't pay and he's kind of you know that you've kind of talked to, especially if you talked about beforehand, he's like I'm paying. But then when you get to the restaurant, he's like, oh sorry, I can't. That's a huge red flag, and I would not go out with him again. Uh, but it sounds like to you, it's important that he pays for the first meal. Um, and I'll just say that if you go to the restaurant and he invites you out and he doesn't pay. That's kind of a sign of how things are going to go in the future because my feeling is the way things start out with someone is usually how they continue to go. Uh, so that would be a big red flag for me if you did not pay. Now, for people that are low on funds and want to date, uh, there are several uh, free activities you could do. Like I know at, uh, in my city, there are always concerts in the park. Um, that's something you can do that's low cost. There's a lot of stuff you can do. It doesn't mean you have to take somebody out for dinner and drinks especially once you start adding drinks onto the tab, it starts racking up really high. So, um, you know, it's an option that, you know, you don't always have to go out to dinner or drinks if you are low on funds. Um, but again, you know, it's important to you, Beverly, that he pays the first time. So if he doesn't, then I probably say that's not the person for you. I would, I, I am from the same school as the two of you, I think. Like, I, I think that if I invite someone out on a date, I take it upon myself to pay for both of us. I think it would be nice if whoever invited me out um, took it upon themselves to pay for both of us. But I also understand that there is perhaps more of a trend lately. I don't know if this is lately or not, but it's competing school of thought where people should go Dutch uh, unless otherwise explicitly stated. Um, going Dutch being like, you pay for your half of the meal and he pays for his half of the meal. Like if somebody gets you into a restaurant and then it's like, oops, I forgot my wallet at home. That's that to me is kind of a red flag that speaks to me of like dishonesty and just like being cagey about things. And that doesn't seem like a good way to go about things. But unless he actually Dutch forgot his wallet and that's happened before to people I know. So that's because that, I work with people with ADHD. <laughs> so that actually happens. I mean, I've heard of the going Dutch thing more like going out for coffee or going out just for like, you know, like a soup and salad kind of thing. Um, I guess I was taking this to me like this is like a nighttime go out to a nice restaurant dinner and drinks. Um, I think so it just depends on where you're coming from, I guess. It is always worth having a conversation ahead of time. How would you like to take care of the bill? Um, I think it's considerate of the person who is doing the asking out to say, hey, would you like to join me at this restaurant? Would you like to join me at Olive Garden tonight? My treat. That would be the most considerate way of saying. <laughs> and I would say no. I cannot tell you the last time I went to an Olive Garden. Maybe I need to just go for the experience. Maybe you do. Uh, <laughs> do not go on graduation weekend, though. Just, just don't. Um, but if somebody says, hey, would you like to join me at Olive Garden, and they don't say anything about the bill, you can say, sure, I'd be delighted, assuming that you would be delighted to go to Olive Garden and say, um, would, you like to, would you like to split this, or how, how would you like to handle the bill? 
that sort of thing. And that can be an opportunity for say like, yeah, how about we go Dutch? That sounds fine to me. Or, oh, no, 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 I'd be delighted to treat you, that sort of thing. And then take them at their word and see if they uh, forget their wallet and are squirrely about it or forget their wallet and are sincere and kind about it or actually pay the way they say they're going to pay and uh, enjoy your pasta. And I'd say also, you know, if you are a person prone to losing your wallet, use Apple Pay, go to a restaurant, take Apple Pay or Google Pay. That's a great way to pay for your stuff. You know, your wallet with you because you almost always have your phone with you. You're going to have your phone with you. How many people leave the house and don't have their phone with them? People have their phone. My boyfriend left my house without his glasses the other morning. But not his phone. He had his phone in his wallet. But See, not you remembered his phone. His face. <laughs> <laughs> he remembered no. his phone. Everybody right. remembers their phone. Good. That's settled. Yes. Nerds, I went on a date from Tinder, and during the course of the date, we were drinking and getting mildly physical. As the date went on and things were clicking, we were chatting for almost four hours. Finally, as the date neared its end, we decided mutually to go back to my place, which we did. It did not take long for us to have sex. It was great. Afterward, the girl stopped texting me. I thought maybe the sex was bad for her. She responds after a week or so of no response and quite begrudgingly agrees to a second date. On our second date, she's distant, cold, and doesn't seem to want to acknowledge anything from the night before. After around an hour, she says she doesn't want to see me again. I'm curious what, if anything, I did wrong. From what I can tell, things went well. A coworker thinks she feels remorse or regret over the sex. What do you all think? You can have great um, sex and have things still bomb later on. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's yeah. that's a that's a matter of fact of life. Um, the fact that she was already begrudgingly agreeing to a second date, Tony. Um, if she was begrudgingly agreeing to it, I'd probably say, hey, you know what? It feels like things are kind of awkward or weird. Is something up? Um, you know, so I don't know if I feel comfortable going out with someone on a date if they reacted begrudgingly if I asked them out. Um, and you know, she may be feeling guilty or remorseful, but that's not your issue. That's her issue. Uh, and that's got nothing to do with you. Uh, and you know, if she's feeling like she, like there's an issue with you, then she can come out and ask you. Um, she's been very clear with you that she's uh, not interested in anything more. So I would just write it off as your learning experience. You had great sex, leave it at that. Uh, and you know, move on. I would say yes. Um, it's unfortunate that there really is nothing more you can do at this point other than respect the boundary that she's clearly put up and kind of move on. Um, it would have been, it would have been nice if you guys had, if she had felt comfortable with you to the point of explaining why she did not want to see you again, or if she had given you any kind of feedback on the sexual connection that you had or something like that. But feedback like that, I think in, in most of life is kind of rare. Um, so I think that, yeah, it probably just chalk this one up to, you didn't click for some reason and it's time to move on um, without being on the date with you, without understanding kind of what went down between you and definitely without being in her head and experiencing her point of view on things. It's really impossible for us to tell you where, if things went wrong, it could be possible like Stephanie and you guys still didn't click. Like that's, that's just a fact of life that some people just don't click. Um, so if there is anything that you're, are, feeling doubtful about that if you're feeling like did i do something inappropriate did i do something that people might find off-putting in some way it could be smart to run that by like a female friend or something like that but um on the face of it from what you've told us there's no way we can tell clearly there was some kind of 
maybe some like guilt or some regret as to what happened. Uh, whether that was from the action itself of, you know, hooking up or whatever, uh, or was it maybe from, you know, the quality of the sex? I think it's, it's too hard to tell. Um, that being said, uh, I do think it's probably, yeah, there's nothing much you can do here. You just have to kind of move on and let things go. So. Well, and also say too that, that Tony, you're assuming that she's feeling remorse or regret over the sex from a coworker's feedback. We don't really know. And honestly, none of your business because she doesn't want to talk to you anymore. So um, I would just let it go. And again, as she feels, you know, to the point where it's something that happened between the two of you, um, she will contact you. But it sounds like she was pretty clear. So um, I think sometimes when we, we really want to try and figure out why something didn't work, we grasp whatever reason we can find. Um, and she may not feel remorse or regret. It could be that she reconnected with an old boyfriend. It could be that she uh, just decided this was, this was not the right time in her life to pursue something. So it could be a variety of reasons. And again, none of your business because she doesn't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah, exactly. The boundary has been set. There's really not much else you can do aside from respect it at this point. All right, last email this week is from Rob. Nerds, I recently admitted to an old high school crush that I have feelings for her. We spent the night together after our high school graduation last June together, and every one to two months uh, we get together, usually get intimate, and I uh, head home the next morning. Now this is starting to feel stagnant. There's some things I understand can be limiting, i.e. we live an hour apart, holidays, work schedules, etc. But I was really hoping after this time together we'd have something i'm not too sure if i should continue this but to drop this after finally reconciling seems like a bad call to any advice talk to I have her a question yeah have you talked to her about this have yeah. you said this is something that you're hoping for maybe that we have no indication whether or not she thinks you're cool with this relationship have you already spoken to her and said hey this is i'd like something more this have you made an effort to see her outside of this uh, like one to two month pattern of intimacy and leaving? Like, have you stayed to have breakfast the next day ever? Have you asked to stay and have breakfast? Like, there's a lot that's missing here from your email. And without knowing that, we can't really give you a, a ton of advice other than you should do those things. You should communicate with her and talk with her and see if that, that more that you want is something that she also wants. Mm -hmm. Right. And is it, Rob, that you're deciding that you wanted something more and you're thinking this might not work? Or is it that you want something more and you're not sure she's on the same page with you? So again, you know, the, the honesty and communication. Yeah. Just ask. It, it all comes down to this, right? Like, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like you got to be able to communicate with this person. And it sounds like the two of you just aren't communicating. And who knows, maybe she's fine with this and you're not. I mean, you got to communicate and figure out what you what either you need to do or what she would need to do in order to keep this going if it's a case where you know maybe perhaps both of you just realize it's not going to work then perhaps it's time to move on and also too if you really want to be together and start a relationship you know you find a way to deal with the living an hour apart and holidays and work schedules uh if it's not that big of a deal and you guys just want casual sex you know then maybe that's how it is and you're friends with benefits um you know it's it's again yeah you just got to talk to her yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's it for uh, Nerds in Love this week. Thanks again, uh, both Stephanie and Kim, for joining me this week. And again, happy birthday, Steph. Uh, Thank you. 
hopefully uh, you enjoy the rest of your birthday. Uh, and uh, thanks to everyone who's been leaving us ratings and reviews on iTunes. It's always appreciated when you leave those, and it helps us out immensely. So uh, keep them coming uh, if you can. It just takes only like a minute or two at the most to leave one, so always appreciate if you can do that. And with that said, we'll see you guys next time. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.